0: If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started.
1: Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Hark the herald angels sing And glory to the newborn King. Merry Christmas, everyone. And it is a joy for me, Michael Parks, to once again celebrate Christmas with you on this just most joyous holiday season. And through, however you're listening, through the speakers of your favorite radio station or through your streaming device, we hope that you are all blessed. And maybe for the next half hour or so, we will add to your blessings and your celebration with some wonderful information and inspiration. And it's a pleasure to once again uh, be with the Most Reverend Ronald W. Gaynor, the Bishop of the Diocese of Harrisburg. Bishop Gator, always a pleasure to be with you,
2: Michael. Very happy for the opportunity to be with you, and Merry Christmas to you and to all of our listeners.
1: And uh, it is it is uh, somewhat funny because the bishop and I uh, only get to see each other and, and do these shows during Easter and Christmas. And there's an old joke about the E and C Catholics, uh, but you know, any time that we get to sit down and and celebrate a joyous holiday like uh, Easter and Christmas, and that is a, is a pleasure. You know, uh, it, it's a chilly, bitter cold. Christmas holiday here in in central Pennsylvania but bishop just the 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 feelings that that you are feeling when it comes to Christmas what is it like every year that that you feel inside
2: well first of all we you know we have the season of advent four weeks beforehand to prepare so we have that opportunity not just to get our homes ready and buy the gifts that we need uh, for the Christmas giving but at the same time to prepare our our hearts uh, our souls, our minds to celebrate the birth of our Savior. So my feelings are, are, are those of, of uh, hope and expectation. You know, uh, we always, I think a big part of life is waiting for things to happen and also expecting good things to happen. Mm-hmm. And certainly we're, we're expecting when we celebrate the birth of our Savior, the, the the most important thing, the greatest thing that happened in human history, the, the birth of the Son of God come in our flesh. So uh, my feelings are, are those of great joy and hope
1: yes and indeed as much as uh, a lot of us say and the songs say about the christmas is in the joy of the eyes of the cho- eyes and hearts of the children but uh, even us adults uh, we can't not help but feel just wonderful and joyous during this time of the year well we'll be talking with you um about some recent events uh and and uh and happenings um haven't spoken with you for a long time so when we recorded in the spring so how have things been going here in the diocese well,
2: thanks for asking, Michael, and it does seem like a long time it was Easter, I guess, than when we last had this conversation, but uh, I, I think all of our, our listeners, you and I, would all agree that uh, 2022 uh, had its ups, it had its downs, That's it, true of every, every uh, calendar year, but I can honestly say uh, that this was a year uh, that our diocese turned a corner, or maybe several corners. Uh, we had a lot of positives here in our local church in the Diocese of Harrisburg uh, during 2022, uh, just like many. Many organizations uh, during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, a lot of our ministry programs were affected. They were postponed, put on hold, or, or we transitioned uh, many of our activities as best as we could to online platforms, uh, especially early uh, in the pandemic. Uh, this year was really the first time since uh, the uh, height of the pandemic that I think we've returned to more normal ways of uh, presenting our ministries, our programs, our our, uh, activities here in the diocese, while still offering uh, uh, many of them on uh, online options uh, for the faithful, or for anyone, for that matter. A few weeks ago, I was asked um, by someone, uh, how would I describe the sentiment in the diocese? And the the first thing that came to my mind was hopeful, Mm -hmm. that there is a lot of hope in our diocese. And I think our ministries and the participation of our faithful uh reflect that hope that we all have uh, just to give a couple of examples if I may uh we're renewing our focus on our ministries and evangelization efforts through restructuring of, of that part of our diocesan offices that that uh focus on uh evangelization efforts. Here in in our local church, and that has allowed us to bring on board new staff uh, in concerns such as marriage and family, uh, youth and young adults, uh, the dignity of the human person, and the pro-life efforts that are so important at this time uh, in in our lives. Uh, th- this office of Catholic life and evangelization has and and will continue to provide leadership, resources, and guidances guidance. Uh, for our youth, uh, our young adults, life and dignity, the laity and the family, and and, and our outreach to outreach ministries, especially into the different cultures uh, uh, that we have uh, in in uh, the, the the fifteen counties of of our diocese. So, by restructuring this office, we're committed to an increased faith formation and evangelization ministries for for years to come. So that's a great development that took place uh, this past year. we we'll, also changed our Safe Environment Program uh, so that our uh, children and uh, young people and vulnerable people are are safe in our programs and in all of our places. For years, we've used an internal program uh, which followed all the requirements of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops Charter for the Protection of Children and Young People. But as we strive to continue updating this highly important uh, aspect of our diocesan church, we made the decision to contract with an outside organization called Virtus. It's a Latin name for virtue, uh, and this company' sole focus is uh, youth protection, and uh, they they work with dioceses throughout the United States. So we're now using their Empowering God's Children program in all of our Catholic schools and our religious education programs to teach our children and our youth about healthy boundaries, personal safety, preventing and disclosing inappropriate relationships, and what to do if your personal boundaries are violated. So we think contracting with Virtus and bringing this program to our children will make our youth protection efforts that much stronger here in the diocese. And I would also want to mention uh, briefly uh, this whole notion of the synod that Pope Francis has uh, uh, introduced for the whole universal church. Um, This has been a hallmark of his papacy, Uh, that we need to be a listening church, that the Holy Spirit is at work in all the faithful, not just the hierarchy, not just the clergy or the religious, but all of the people of of God. And so 56 of our parishes and 26 of our Catholic schools participated in the synod process this past year. Uh, There are many good observations that came from the people who participated. Uh, And just to name a few that we'll be exploring in 2023, uh, to have intentional conversations, and and listening without a bias, without coming to the conclusions and then trying to make the conversation lead to those conclusions, but rather listening to what uh, is in the minds and the hearts of uh, our faithful throughout the diocese, bringing a more welcoming and inviting uh, church, um, especially to those who seem to be on the margins of society and on the margins of the church, Uh, having more unity among our people across generations. At the same time, recognizing the need to meet people where they are, uh, helping them to respond more faithfully, more zealously to the gospel, and uh, lovingly challenging people to live more fully the truths that we believe as Catholics. These are just a few of the initiatives that we'll be working on next year because of that synodal process that we engaged in in 2022.
1: And you also do a lot of work ever since I've known you working with the youth in our Catholic schools. Uh, And then that continues.
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah, and we have great, great success this year with our schools. Uh, I, uh, I love to visit our schools. It, 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 I love the spontaneity, especially in the the younger grades, uh, in our uh, thirty five Catholic schools. the The children, uh, you never know what to expect, what question they might pose. So it's, it's always fun to visit the classrooms, and I, I try to to visit each year all of our uh, our uh, six high schools in in the diocese. So this year, um, we recently announced that our Catholic schools grew again uh, for a second year in a row. Last year, a little over 6%, and this year, a uh, uh, 1%. And that's that's a, a reverse of a national trend, and certainly a trend that was present here in the diocese, where um, we saw attrition in the uh, enrollment in our Catholic schools. And it's great to see this growth now in enrollment uh, these past two years. Um, so uh, we also just announced uh, just a few weeks ago that in just six months, through the generosity of donors and a partnership with a group that's called Redefined Advisors, uh, we've raised more than $1.2 million in tuition scholarships in just six months. Um, and we've raised that for the, to help the families of our Catholic school students. Our increasing enrollment and the financial donations our schools are seeking is really a result of the excellence Uh, of our teachers, uh, the tireless efforts of our principals, our school presidents, the pastors of our parishes, and and all the school leaders who offer an exceptional school experience where our students truly thrive. And I I can't thank these uh, individuals who are leaders in our Catholic schools enough for, for all that they're doing for our schools. So, Michael, this is just the tip of the iceberg of what some of the things we've accomplished in uh, 2022. And I actually encourage our listeners to spend a few minutes reviewing our annual impact report. It's posted on our diocesan website, and it details all the accomplishments of the diocese during this past year.
1: And that website is hbgdiocese.org. And you can find out more of what, of the things that we talked about. And again, we talk about the size of this diocese, Bishop. Yeah. How many counties? Fifteen. Fifteen counties. Mm-hmm. And you imagine how much an area that spans. And uh, over the years that I've known you, too, is that uh, you've tried to travel uh, to uh, a lot of those and and speak to the people because you know, in this age of technology where we're sitting around, we can Zoom, we can use Teams and talk to them. But talk about the importance of being out and about uh, uh, in the diocese. Yeah,
2: I, I often say that the only ability that as a bishop that I need is availability. So I try to be accessible uh, throughout the diocese. And I I, I have been now to uh, every parish and mission. Uh, uh, that's 98 uh, of those throughout throughout the diocese. So I, um, I enjoy that. When children will ask me, what's your favorite thing to do as a bishop. In fact, one little boy one time said, what's the funnest thing you do as a bishop? <laughs> and I said, it's what I'm doing right now when I'm away from the office and I'm out here somewhere in one of our schools or our parishes or so, one of the institutions uh, and with the people so that I can get to know them better and they can get to uh, have a firsthand experience of me and get to know me a little better. Yeah. So that's a great, that's a great aspect of the, the, the uh, bishop's ministry. And uh, I, I enjoy that more than anything.
1: And it must make you feel good, too, to talk to uh, along with the kids with some of the older people is it is when you're when you 're out and about either you 're doing mass or, or a meeting with some of the people is is the faith still strong
2: Oh I believe so yes and and it, it is certainly a concern that many. Uh, have drifted away pre-COVID, you know, uh, there there are those who have grown inactive, and that's a great concern, and it needs to be a a, a very intentional part of our mission to reach out and invite back. And then certainly COVID uh, has affected that, so that we have people who were regularly coming to church who, who still perhaps just don't feel comfortable, Uh, Yet, uh, getting back into a crowd, and so they're they may be watching the live stream masses that we have, things like that. But uh, we certainly hope we can, in the very near future, certainly some sometime well, just into 2023, be able to invite those faithful back. But I, I am always impressed by the strength of the faith. Of our Of our Catholic people here in in the Diocese of Harrisburg,
1: well, I confessed uh, uh, many years or a few years ago that where I was like drifting away and uh, and through the grace of God and through prayers and realizing uh, what I was missing and uh, going back to church and uh, you know we talked about the importance of of being at the service, sitting in those pews, looking up at the stained glass, hearing the choirs, hearing the message that's being spread. There's nothing that lifts your faith or puts you back into the faith than being at a service. Talk about the importance of, of just the, the importance of, of, of attending church. Absolutely. But,
2: you know, we can say, well, I can certainly pray by myself and I can thank God. and uh, But at the same time, we're, we're made for community, uh, we're relational beings. We're, we're made in the image and likeness of God, and our God is a trinity of persons. Our God isn't a solitary deity, but Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is an eternal community of love uh, between the three persons of our one God. And we're made in that image, so we need to be in relationship with others, and so Christ has given us the church. And uh, it's it, we do need to pray individually, but at the same time, we need to pray communally And there is nothing that can take the place certainly for a Catholic than celebrating the Eucharist, being there to hear the living Word of God, and then participating in the banquet. Of the body and blood of our Savior in in His real presence in the Eucharist, so it touches us at a place where we need God's presence, and we need to let God's grace, His life, invade uh, our very souls. And that that happens uh, when when the faithful, when we all gather together to celebrate the the Mass,
1: the Eucharist. As you mentioned, there have been some challenges over the past uh, couple of years, and some other news I recently saw about the diocese is that the bankruptcy process seems to be coming to a close. Can you share any information on that?
2: Absolutely. I'd, I'd be happy to. And it, it's an important question. Uh, we entered this process in February of 2020, expecting to be 12 to 14 months uh, engaged in that. And as it turns out, it's, it's going to be about 36 months, so quite longer than we first anticipated. Um, but uh, I can happily say we've been in the reorganization process. Um Uh, for almost three years. And uh, in mid-November, this past November, we filed our plan of of reorganization with the federal bankruptcy court. So through that plan, if it's confirmed, and we're we're firmly trusting that it will be, uh, a, a trust will be developed to provide financial restitution to the survivors of clergy uh, sexual abuse. And the next major step in the process to, is to uh, seek credit or approval of the plan. Uh, pending all goes well. Uh, we should have a conclusion to this process very early uh, in the new year. Michael, I also want to add that uh, we recognize there is no amount of money. I was just asked this too by a reporter in a recent interview. Uh, you know, does this satisfy those people who have been uh, abused uh in but in the uh clergy sexual abuse process no amount of money uh, is ever going to erase uh, the harm done and what uh survivors have suffered and i, I always emphasize that and it's not our intent to think that uh, some compensation uh, can erase that. But we do want to walk with these survivors through the healing process, which is much more extensive than financial compensation. And in addition to financial restitution, the diocese continues to offer mental and spiritual assistance to survivors because we want them and we want to accompany them in finding healing and peace.
1: Thank you for these updates, Bishop. Bishop Gaynor. Of the Bishop for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Again, learn more about many of the things we talked about today on the website, which is hbgdiocese.org. You know, earlier in our conversation, uh, Bishop Gainer, we spoke about the, the hopeful environment and a renewal of sorts uh, with evangelization efforts. Um, speaking of that renewal, I've heard about this, what is referred to a national Eucharistic revival. So what's going on with that?
2: Oh, yeah, thanks thanks for asking about that, because it is a major initiative of our whole uh, church here in the United States. The uh, Diocese of Harrisburg is participating in what is really a three-year uh, initiative called the National Eucharistic Revival. And um, we've noticed in the very thing we were just talking about, those who have drifted away from uh, participating in Mass, and those who uh, even come and are not quite sure of what The church teaches what what the the truth about the mystery of uh, the Eucharist, the body and blood of Jesus, really is. And so this is a time when we hope to not just inform, but also to inspire, to to revive a love for Christ in the Eucharist. And uh, so there's a three-year program. The first is the diocese preparing and helping our parishes uh, to uh, have the next year— uh, which will begin on the Feast of Corpus Christi next June, uh, and the parishes then will have their own programs and outreach and opportunity to bring the faithful to understand better and and embrace more fully the mystery of the Eucharist and then finally, the third year will be a national celebration that will be held in in uh, July in Indianapolis, where we will have for the first time in many decades a national Eucharistic. Uh, Congress. So um, we, we want our faithful to come to to understand better and to live more fully the, the mystery of the Eucharist as the body and blood, the soul and divinity, as we say, of, uh, of Jesus uh, here I- in our church. Um, several years ago, there was, as I think was highly publicized, a Pew Research study, which found an alarming number of Catholics did not believe Uh, the fundamental teaching of the church. And the revival is a multi-year initiative beginning at the diocesan level, then parishes, and then evangelization into the community aimed at rebuilding our faith in our Eucharistic Lord. So our our whole U.S. church, not just the the diocese, uh, has seen so much scandal, division, even doubt over the centuries, and especially in recent times. So the revival is an effort to remind Catholics um, that Christ is present, uh, that he comes to heal us, to be with us, to abide with us, to renew us, and to unify us, uh, and that he's more important than the many different struggles and storms that we face every day in life. That's, that's really the purpose of, of this initiative. So in our diocese, we already have a special committee working on our local initiatives for the Eucharistic Revival, and we'll be rolling out these plans uh, in 2023.
1: And again, uh, stay tuned. The best way to keep uh, informed and keep track of what is going on in the diocese, and as the bishop mentioned, uh, moving forward, uh, but also, you know, helping to lead and also guide you and us in our faith. Um, learn more and keep in touch by going to the website at hbgdiocese.org. Changing topics slightly. Uh, the last time we were in the recording studio was— uh, Back in the spring, and since that time, I've heard from a little bird (laughs) that you have reached that special age of 75. My gosh, Bishop, you look, honestly, you know, you look very, very well, very, very healthy, so you are truly blessed. But why is this uh, 75 age significant as a bishop well thank you for that
2: compliment uh, michael i appreciate that and i don't know why those little birds can't keep a secret but anyway <laughs> uh yeah in august i turned that magic age and and for a bishop that is the magic age because our canon law the the, the ecclesial law of the Catholic Church, requires that when uh, your 75th birthday is approaching that you inform the Pope and that you submit your resignation. But then that begins a process by which the Holy Father will eventually announce the next bishop, would be the 12th bishop of the Diocese of Harrisburg. And uh, there's really no uh, timeline set for that. Uh, some bishops uh, have their retirement uh, announced uh, five months or so after their birthday. Others are still bishop three years after their birthday. So it's it's a process that is uh, conducted by the Pope's representative in the United States. He's called the Apostolic Nuncio. Right now, it is uh, Archbishop Christophe Pierre, a, a Frenchman. Uh, in the diplomatic service of the Catholic Church in Washington, D.C. He serves as the ambassador for the Vatican City State to our U.S. government, and he represents the Holy Father here in the U.S. to uh, the the Catholic Church. So he's the one that sort of oversees, uh, supervises the process of selecting uh, the next bishop. But in the end, after uh, candidates are vetted and the needs of the diocese, also people will be receiving questionnaires uh, asking what are the strengths of the diocese, at its present time, what what are some of the areas where it needs development? And and the office in Rome that assists the Pope, uh, called the Dicastery for the Clergy. Uh, or the Dicastery for Bishops, rather. I'm sorry, it's the Dicastery for Bishops. Um, we'll, we'll ultimately give Pope Francis three dossiers, three files, and he'll have a chance to pore over those, and then he'll just pick one, because only the Pope can appoint a bishop or change a, a, a bishop to another uh, diocese. And uh, when he does that, Uh, someone will get a phone call and say, you're the next bishop of Harrisburg. (laughs) And once he says, okay, then I'll get a phone call saying, Father X or Bishop X is coming to be the next bishop of Harrisburg. And that'll start our immediate preparations then for his uh, installation, or if he's not already a bishop, ordination and installation. But that's the process. And and how long it will take uh, at this point, that's known only to God.
1: Yeah. And then like uh, you, you do when I spoke, uh, you just wake up every single morning, continue doing what you're doing.
2: Indeed. Un- until, yeah.
1: un- until the call comes. Yes.
2: I said some people come up to me and I'm out in the parish and they're well, how is it now that you're retired? And I say, gee, wait a minute. <laughs> not That's not true. I'm still yeah. the job. I am still, yeah, uh, still fully too. the bishop. and uh, But at some point I will be. Yeah.
1: What have you thought down the road of plans of what you want to oh, do? Oh, I'll, I'll certainly, with
2: surely. And, and I'll, I'll certainly stay here immediate in the immediate Harrisburg area. And um, I'll be available to the the, the new bishop. Uh, I presume we have so many uh, parishes, as I've mentioned, and uh, almost every parish celebrates confirmation each year, and that's a sacrament that's reserved to the ministry of the bishop. And so I, I would hope that the, the new bishop would uh, expect me, invite me to uh, go around and and help with those confirmations. Sometimes there are two in the same day, and it's impossible for the bishop to do them all. And, and so I'd be able to help with that, and also help parishes. At as needed with special events. And uh, so I'd be continuing uh, completely my, my sacramental and pastoral ministry without the administrative responsibilities that uh, a diocesan bishop has.
1: Is it safe to say that your days are constantly full? We I mean, do you have some days that are like uh, I wake up in the morning, look at my calendar, and say, "Huh, oh, I got nothing to do today." Uh,
2: that, that's kind of rare, but it, <laughs> it, it does happen. Thank God. I, uh, but good. yeah, and I do try, of course, to take a day off. We work weekends, and we always joke about that. All, all cl- <laughs> clergy work weekends, so I, I do too. But uh, I try to take Fridays as a, as a day off, and, and most often that works.
1: What do you like to do? Taking like your uh, time off.
2: Well, actually, on my day off, I'm probably preparing for other. I'm preparing. See, I'm preparing, uh, preparing homilies. I'm preparing talks that I have to give or reading in, you know, in remote preparation for things. So, but that's relaxing. I, I don't mind that. Uh, it's it's a, the day off at least doesn't have meetings. I don't have to be watching the clock and see what's next and where do I have to be and who's coming in the door next.
1: Well, that's what he always said. And, and I was also blessed to have retired in May, but uh, I still do a, a, a lot of radio work like this one. It just keeps my mind sharp. And uh, I've always been told, you know, people like me and you, we've always gotta keep on moving and doing the things. And honestly, you know, like you said, it's it's the things that we love to do. Bishop Gaynor, the bishop of the diocese, the Roman Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg, it's always such a pleasure and honor to get the information and inspiration. Thank you again, Bishop, for sharing uh, this time with us today.
2: Always my pleasure, Michael. Merry Christmas
1: to you and to our listeners. And to our listeners, and we hope that you truly and your family will be blessed, uh, not only during this holiday season, but throughout the year. For Bishop Gaynor, I'm Michael Parks.
0: We've unfortunately run out of time, but if you'd like to hear the rest of this episode, you can listen to us anytime on Spotify under Candid Catholic Convos, or you can download this episode from our website At hbgdiocese.org. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org slash D-A-C and clicking the Make a Donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.